somebody give the Waymaker your best shout of praise, your best expression of worship. Come on, if you believe he's the Waymaker, shout like you believe it and praise like you believe it and worship like you believe it. He is the Waymaker. He is the Waymaker. Y'all may be seated. You may be seated. It's Mother's Day. We want to expedite the process and make sure you get out of here as expeditiously as possible and go to Pollo Loco. Now, today's a Red Lobster Day, man. Little BJ's, little kick it up a little bit there, see what happens here. You've heard this before from our staff here and our pastors here, but happy Mother's Day. All the moms in the house, on behalf of your pastor here, happy Mother's Day. We have the best mothers on the planet. Give it up, please, to all the moms. And all the moms that are watching online right now, happy Mother's Day. And of course, I want to just acknowledge Pastor Ava and uh, just... Every single mom is special in this house, of course, but there are a couple of, of young ladies here who work with Pastor Sam and seeing the fulfillment of God's vision for this region and for this church. Pastor Phyllis is an incredible mom and an incredible pastor. You're the best. She's the best. Pastor Mercedes, who's our, our board pastor. So each and every one of you, thank you very much for being here on Mother's Day. I'm going to expedite the process. We've been preaching on this idea, not even, it's a truth from John chapter 20. After the resurrection, Jesus encounters his disciples behind closed doors. And, and again, there's so much revelation in this truth. This radical, Christ resurrects. He meets with his posse behind closed doors. And he meets with them behind closed doors. Subsequently, they go through open doors and change the world. And here we are today. But it all, began, it all began with an encounter behind closed doors. Again, before they were famous, before the church blew up, before all of that happened, they met with Jesus behind closed doors. People don't understand. That's why I've been seeing certain things recently, which makes me laugh. People don't understand. When we see people out there that for whatever reason God has given them favor and they're publicly there's favor and promotion on them, don't judge them and don't be jealous of them. Don't critique them. You have no idea what they did behind closed doors. You have no idea how many tears they shed behind closed doors. You have no idea how many battles they fought behind closed doors. Am I preaching to anyone right now? I, I'm not even supposed to be preaching here. You're supposed to warm up for seven minutes according to how they teach you in Bible school. But, but, but this, I'm just, just, they have no idea. I mean, people, you get the fame of God and the fortune of God. And, and the, by fame, I mean God says, I'm going to use you for my glory. My name will be exalted through you, sunshine. And as long as you remember that it's me and it's not you. But when you see promotion on people, instead of saying, you know what? I can't believe they're there. You, you, we need to celebrate them. We need to lift them up even more. Are you with me right now? Anybody, am I talking? Because before you stand up publicly, you have to kneel down privately. Be the people that dare to fight the giants out there, they must have defeated giants inside here first. You're never going to fight a lion out there unless you defeated the lion in here. Are you with me right now? There are things that you've been fighting privately. I'm going to go back to that point. I'm going to harbor on that point. You've been fighting things privately and you've been praying privately and you've been fasting privately. You've been doing things privately. I'm going to declare what I declared last week, but this time I'm going to raise the volume on it. In light of this week, I'm here to tell you, if you've been doing things privately, if you've been shedding tears privately and struggling privately and fighting privately and believing God privately, you even had an argument with God privately and you 
looked up privately and you did all of that privately and somehow you still survived, I want you to put a, a smile on your face because you know what it means? If you made it to have that private... Hey, I have a question. Maybe you don't know this. There was somebody who didn't make it to the private encounter. His name was Judas. Not everybody made it, baby. The fact that they made it behind closed doors. If you made it this far to have a private encounter, not everybody made it, but here you are. So if you've been fighting things privately and praying things privately, put a smile on your face because publicly God's about to show up and show you his glory. It's what we do behind closed doors. John chapter 20 verse 22. Jesus behind closed doors. We already know that he showed them. He appeared. He was wounded. Or actually he had the wound. Not that he was wounded. He had a wound. And he had it carried it in, on purpose to show them it was him. He showed off the wounds and the scar from his side. And he showed them. Here it is. Here's where they pierced me. Ah, it's me. And he showed them that. And it teaches us what? That the wounds of our past cannot deter us from stepping into the doors of our future. Simple. Nothing, nothing, not one iota of what you've been through in your past can deter you from stepping into the doors of your future. When you are in Christ, the wounds of your past will never stop the doors of your future. So he showed the disciples that, ah, here I is, I have wounds and yet here I am, I stepped in. And then he showed them the wounds and the side which meant forgiveness and healing. He showed them that they were forgiven and healed. Now this is powerful because the moment you understand that in Christ, therefore now there is no condemnation. The moment you are forgiven, to live forgiven is a, is a radical thing. To walk around the world going, I've been forgiven. When, you're, when you've been forgiven, when you know you've been healed and you've been forgiven, you don't walk in shame, you don't walk in guilt. You know that everything is under the blood of Jesus. There is no greater feeling than walking around like I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. You, you walk with a little bit of a swag. You have a little bit of an attitude. I can't deny it. Because you've been washed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Are you, are you with me right now? I mean, nothing can stop you because you've been through that vicarious, atoning, grace-filled work of Jesus. And then Jesus did this. Let me show you. He did this. He breathed in. And in the Greek, he took a deep breath. Like Jesus needed to take a deep breath. But did you ever think about that? Like he need, like he, like, was there a requirement? Like why wouldn't he just go, I'm so cool, I'm Jesus, I just resurrected, I don't even need to take a, they, but he did it. He showed them because every time Jesus demonstrates something, it's not because he must, it's because we need to learn. We need to model behavior. So Jesus went like this, watch. He went, he went. My silly mind from the 80s. I'm thinking about waiting to exhale. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> don't. Just my mind just went 80s on me. Don't. This is not, don't Google it. Is that a biblical phrase? No. It's not a biblical. Just stop that. Stop. So he, he, stop it, stop it. So he went, and then he went, he exhaled. And he said, John 20, 22, receive the Holy Spirit. The breath of God is, in Hebrew is the ruach. In Greek, the word is pneuma. That's the breath, the spirit of life. Yo, when, when God breathes, he breathes life. 
You can't have life without the breath of God. The breath of God. I want you to hear this because you're about to give us a second. Genesis 2, 7. You know, he, he, what did he do? Into man, he took his nostrils and God moved that breath into him. Powerful. Ezekiel 37 verse 5. It's in the, in the prophecy of Ezekiel. There was the breath of creation. The breath of resurrection. They were dead. And he said prophet breathe into them. And those bones will come back to life. It's the, it's the breath of God. It's when God breathes into you. What if I tell you that on Mother's Day. God right here in this place. Can breathe into your family. Your home. Your marriage. Your ministry. Your mind. What if I tell you God can breathe into you again. He can do it. He has the power to breathe into you and bring you life and give you creativity and give you power. 2 Timothy 3.16 says the word of God. The word of God is the breath of God. Isn't that crazy? This is the breath of God. This is how God... Stop for a second. Ready? Watch this. They're all gathered in a room behind a closed door. Jesus shows up and does this. Holy Listerine, Batman. That's like holy breath. Woo! Thank God. That's holy breath, right? And, and receive the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. All the charismatic folk here, raise your hand. All the spirit-empowered folk, raise your hand. All of you people that believe like there's a prayer language and miracles and signs and all that, that stuff. Raise both hands. Okay. So to you, to all of my non, to all my Baptists and Methodists here, y'all stick around because it's going to be for everybody. But don't leave on me. Watch. There's a reason for this. Watch. Ready? Jesus, Pastor Reva, stop texting me right now. Pay attention to this. So wa- wa- watch this. Jesus goes like this. Receive the Holy Spirit. Ready? Let me ask a question. Ready? How many spoken tongues right there? None. No one. Peter didn't break out right there and go, Shut to rip. No. Did not happen. All right. How many got slain right there? Somebody go. Oh, none. How many signs and wonders and miracles took place right there? Yeah. What what happened? Jesus just went all Pentecostal on them, went, receive the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Nothing happened. Or you think. It all happened sometime later in the upper room. No, y'all, you're not getting this. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, but they did receive it. Did it it manifest itself? It did not manifest itself until the upper room. What happened? Because they received the word, but they needed the right atmosphere. You missed it. They had the word, but the atmosphere wasn't there yet. Because Jesus had yet to ascend. When he ascended... He sent the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, they were praying together in one accord in the upper room. And they had everything in line when the Holy Spirit came down and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. What am I telling you? Many of you here and right now watching live, you're full of the Word of God. He breathed into you. But nothing is yet to manifest because the atmosphere was not right. The atmosphere was not lined up. Matter of fact, there are a bunch of people that die full of promises. There are a bunch of cemeteries right now full of people that die full of the word. Full of promises, full of potential. Oh, I have a dream, I have a dream, I have a dream. They died with the dream and the dream never became a reality. 
Why? Because the atmosphere never lined up with the word inside of them. The atmosphere never lined up with the destiny inside of them. And they tolerated toxic environments. They tolerated unbelief and unforgiveness around them. Either in them, I'm preaching now. Either in them or around them, they permitted an atmosphere that did not line up with the word. You need to receive the word, but then you need to line it up with the right atmosphere. Now I'm going to preach for a minute and 18 seconds. Recently, some of you have been through changes. Changing, you've been changing. And the things that have been changing in your life, it's not the devil trying to destroy you. It is God clearing up your atmosphere, detoxing your relationships, detoxing your mind, detoxing. Are you with me? Why did, why did you go through what you went through? Because God was getting the atmosphere ready to see the word become a reality. Are you with me right now? If somebody here is ready to go public, shout like you're ready to go public. Give God a praise. Like, How many are ready for the word that God gave them to become a reality? How many refuse to die full of promises? If you say, I refuse to die full of promises, I'm going to die, see my promises all fulfilled. If you believe that, raise one hand. If you decree it upon your family, raise both hands. If you believe it for you and the ones you love, raise both hands and a foot. If you're ready to see the word in the atmosphere line up, and you're ready to see the manifestation, the materialization, the fulfillment, and the completion of all of God's promises in your life, Show him that you believe it right here, right now in this place. So, Jesus went like this. Watch. I'm not making that up. He actually did. In the Greek, he took a deep breath. And I sound asthmatic. He went like this. He went. He went. And then he did what? What if Jesus would have done this and only this? What if he just would have held it in? Because that's what some That's what some people do Some people not in this house All they do is inhale But they never exhale They live a life where all they do is receive But they never give All they do is consume but never produce Am I preaching to anyone here right now? What happens if all we do is an inhale? What happens if we don't breathe out? What happens? We die. We turn blue in the face and we die. Baby, you got to learn how to exhale. You just don't take the word in. You got to let the word come back out. You, what does that mean? When you, when, you, when you pray, when you praise, when you preach, when you proclaim, when you prophesy, when you decree, when you establish, when you remind God of his promises, when you remind other people of God's promises. How about this? When you remind yourself of God's promises, you are exhaling what came inside of you. Are you with me right now? You have to learn to breathe out. Breathing in is not sufficient. It's breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Pastor Nick had those at the Apple Watch on his on his wrist today for the nine o'clock service, and he reminded me that there's a function on the Apple Watch that reminds you every once in a while to quote it says, Do not forget to breathe. Do not forget to breathe, baby. Do not forget to breathe. Let me explain to you something on Mother's Day. My grandmother, my grandmother knew how to breathe in and breathe out. 
the moment she received the breath of life that came through the Holy Spirit, my grandmother, whose four parents came from Spain, from the northern part of Spain, to Puerto Rico, arrived in Puerto Rico, she raised her kids. She had an, a, a radical encounter with the risen Christ. She had 13 kids, 86 grandkids. No Netflix, no Game of Thrones, baby. That's why you have 13 kids, all right? So, and, and because of that, she had all these kids, grandkids. I kid you not, my wife here could attest. No, no exaggeration, no hyperbole here. She would exhale every single night. What do you mean, Pastor Sam? Every single night, so help me. She would pray for every one of her kids and her grandkids by name. Every day. And wives and husbands. Crazy. I can't even remember my three kids. I call him Billy. And all, I mean, he's messed up. I call Nathan Billy McGillicuddy because I forget his name. <laughs> Who is Billy McGillicuddy? I don't know, but that doesn't matter. But my, my grandmother would pray. She, had, she would exhale and she would declare the promises of God. She would speak the promises of God. She would prophesy the promises. That's where I get this from. She would just boom and her husband and my grandfather. But she would boom and she would just decree and declare and establish. And she lost a son in Korea. My uncle died in the battlefields of Korea in the early 1950s. And, and my mom would tell me the story of when she received the news from the U.S. military of, of the, the passing of her son. I was present when another son passed away, one of the 13. I was present. I saw this woman lose her breath. So help me God. She was right there in front of me she came up she went <gasps> and she stopped breathing I looked at my mom like she's gonna die and she held it in so help me her tears are coming down she's broken and then she went like this she went <gasps> and then she smiled and silly Sam silly Sam goes why would she be smiling and she taught me a lesson that to this day my wife and I discuss she smiled, and I go, why would you be smiling, Grandma? She goes, she goes, oh, son, you need to learn this. You need to learn that sorrow may last for a night. She goes, you have to learn in life. You, you suffer, you cry, but you can't hold on to pain for your entire life. <laughs> Honest to goodness. One of the most powerful life lessons. She says, you got to learn how to move on. You don't lose the memory, but you got to depend on the joy of the Lord. you got to hold on to the peace of God. That, she transferred that DNA to my mama. My mama, and you've heard this story before, so I'm just going to give you the synopsis, the snapshot for those that haven't heard it. It's the reason. My mom, my mom is just a crazy prayer warrior. She, she continuously prophesying the word of the Lord. She'll text you with a word of God. She's just crazy. She's just a crazy praying. She's the kind of mom that believes I'm going to see all of God's promises fulfilled upon my children. And I'm willing to... Mom, do you follow what I'm saying? My mom is the kind... My mom... They talk about my mama in hell. Because the devil hates my mama. Because mama... Because she's crazy. And you know, some of y'all heard this story. I even wrote about it. There was a, a season in my life where I told God I'm not doing ministry anymore. I'm not preaching I'm giving up ministry. I'm going secular. And by secular, I don't mean I'm leaving God. I'm saying I'm going to do other things. There were other opportunities. I'm not going to do ministry anymore. Ministry is too hard. This is too crazy. This is this crazy people you have to deal with. It's just crazy. And I mean, just crazy people. And then you help them out. Some of them smack you in the back of the head. And then you're crazy. It's like, this is, I'm not doing any of this. It's crazy stuff, man. And I went, and then the whole thing on spiritual warfare, the whole pressure was so crazy. I told, and it was, it was the heaviest season. I literally told 
tell God, I'm done. I, I'm done. Y'all know the story. If you haven't, let me tell you what happened. At past one o'clock in the morning, my mom walked up to my room. I was already married. She walked into my room. It was early in my ministry time. I was in my room. I was in my New York Yankee pajamas, which are anointed automatically because it's the Yankees indeed. And, 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 I had my, my, and I had a t-shirt on my dad. One o'clock in the morning, mom walked in. She didn't give a holy hoot if I was decent or indecent. That's my mama. She walked in there, clink, clink, walked right in there, and she grabbed my hand. She said, boy, get up. That's mama. Mama says, boy, get up. Boy gets up. So I don't care how old you are, you get up. So, and you know, you know my mama, she got switchblades, she don't play. So, West Side Story on steroids, baby. You know, you know the Jets and the Sharks, you don't play. So, so I got up, she grabbed my hand, she took me, one o'clock in the morning, she took me outside the house. I'm outside the house, we had a half an acre property, my mom takes my hand and she walks me around, doesn't say anything, walks with me around the property. I'm thinking she's going to start talking in a second, it's a therapeutic session, maybe she saw us on Oprah, whatever it may be. She walks me around the house, one time, the property, not inside the house, outside the house, it's kind of you know, chilly out there. This second time, third time, I'm going around half an acre, third time, four times. By the fifth time, I'm kind of upset. I'm losing it, right? I'm already in a pit. I'm already depressed, discouraged. I want to give up. And now you have your mom walking around at 1 o'clock in the morning when you are. You were in pajamas and you're walking around. And she, fifth time, I look at her and say, what are you doing? You're crazy. You got to stop doing this. She goes, shut up. Now, when mama tells you to shut up, I want you to hear me. There's an anointing upon a mom. When, when it's a Holy Ghost filled mama and she tells you, boy, shut up. I'm going to tell you what shut up translates to. Stop cursing your destiny. Stop cursing your purpose. Stop saying things out of your mouth that have nothing to do with the reason you're on this planet in the first place. I'm not asking you to be quiet. I am ordering you to be quiet. And what gives her the right? The right that, that she, because I'm actually, so she looks, I go, what are you? She goes, shut up. She goes, I got two more turns to go. So I did the math. We already went five times. She's saying two more turns. I get it. We're going around the walls of Jericho. That's what we're doing. She's doing the Jericho march. If you don't know what the Jericho march is, then, then you need to not grow up in a... Yeah. If you know what the Jericho... Some of y'all know what the Jericho march is. That sometimes you got to go around until the wall starts. Sometimes you got to go around. It doesn't happen after one turn. It doesn't happen after two turns. Sometimes you got to keep on praying, keep on praising, keep on worshiping, keep on fasting, keep on believing, keep on prophesying. So we went around seven times. By the time we got to the seventh time, she said, that's it. I go, what's it? She goes, the walls just came down. I go, what do you mean? She went, listen to me, boy, when you were here, inside here, when I carried you here, the Holy Ghost filled me and told me you, you were going to be a prophet to the nations. You were going to change the world. You were going to preach the word and millions would be set free for the glory of the risen Christ. So she said, I want you to listen to me. I'm not going to permit any lying devil or even yourself to get in front of the destiny that God ordained for you and your house so I'm telling you the walls just came down boy go preach go do the word of God go live out your destiny are you with me right now I had a mama who knew how to exhale she I had a mama who knew how to breathe on me I'm asking every mom and dad in the house breathe on your children breathe on your family breathe on your circumstance breathe on your marriage somebody shall breathe 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 she breathed she breathed I wouldn't be here right now if my mama would not have exhaled if she would have held her breath if she would have kept those promises inside and never declared them. To exhale is to declare, to decree, 
to reiterate, to confirm, to utter, to believe, to confess, to pray, to praise, to worship the promises of God. Everybody go like this. Go like this. And of course, I got an amazing wife who is the spiritual heir to that legacy. So, in full disclosure, y'all recently got the movie Breakthrough, the book, the fox, all of that, right? And people don't even know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know that while I'm out there with this, exalting him, she's at home. She's not at home buying lattes. She's at home praying me through. She's at home in the behind closed doors. Are you with me right now? People can't see. Only God knows what happens behind closed doors. Are you with me right now? Let me, let me, let me wrap up here. Let me wrap up. Receive the Holy Spirit. Subsequently, they went through the open doors, post-upper room, and they started preaching everywhere. And here we are 2,000 years later because there was a closed door before an open door, a private encounter before a public elevation. They fought battles in there before they fought battles out there. They touched and they saw, Thomas touched and they saw the wounds and the side piercing of Christ before they were willing to be wounded and pierced for the gospel message that changed their lives. Yeah, it's what you do privately that determines what you see publicly. But the doors, once you come out of that with that breath of God, and once you come out of the upper room door with the breath of God, nothing can stand in your way. And I mean nothing. Matter of fact, I have, I have a video that I just recorded a couple days ago. This is me, my cinematography work. That's Look towards baggage claim. You're looking at the doors. You're looking. That'll preach. That'll preach. I preach to myself. That'll preach. <laughs> this came from Sacramento Airport. I just got there a couple days ago. I came from recording TBN. I came at night. I, I went through the doors. And I, I know this because I travel all the time. So the doors in Sacramento, this is what happens. I saw, showed you. If you stop, the doors will not open. No. You missed it. That was a mic drop moment. If you stop, the doors do not open. Even overhead, the, right there, that recorded sound automatically tells you, don't stop. The doors are closed. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep moving. They even say it in Spanish. Don't, even if you don't understand. I've seen people, so help me, rookies that get to Sacramento for the first time, and they literally stop and the doors don't open. Because they don't know that the only way the doors will open is if they keep moving. No, you missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what's inside of you? You know what's inside of you? You don't have fear inside of you. You don't have shame inside of you. You don't have failure or defeat inside of you. You have the breath of God inside of you. What is God telling you? God is telling you, I don't care what doors may be in your way. 
Don't stop. Keep moving. Because the moment you keep moving, those doors will open up in your favor. I'm here to tell you right now, get ready to see the doors of God's favor, God's grace, God's glory, God's promotion open up in your favor. If you believe that the doors are about to open up, if you believe they're about if you need them to open up, if you need them to open up for your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, lift up your hands right now. Give God glory. Repeat after me. Don't stop. Keep moving. I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell him right now. Tell your neighbor, what are you waiting for? Tell him, don't stop. Keep moving. Lift up your hands if this is your word. Lift it up really high. I dare you one more time to tell somebody next to you, you have the breath of God. Tell them, don't forget to exhale. No, look at them, look at them. Let's break it down. Tell them, inhale. Don't forget to exhale. Tell them, don't stop. Keep moving. Tell them, every door that God has promised you will open up in your favor. I'm here to tell you God's about to prove the devil wrong in your life. You missed it. I said God's about to prove the devil wrong in your life. Whoever counted you out, counted wrong. Are you with me right now? Whoever thought you were going to make it is going to say surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, stand with me. You're already standing. Oh, because... You receive this. Watch, 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 watch. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. God released the breath of life into the nostrils of the first Adam. In John 20, 22, the second Adam released the breath of life into you and I. Oh, wow, wow. Just. Lift up your hands. Some of y'all felt like you were suffocating in your problem. You felt like you couldn't breathe because of the bad news you received. You felt that somehow you were being strangled by your surroundings and some of your own personal decisions. By the way, I have a word for someone here. Some of you are suffering the consequences, not only of bad decisions, but indecision. That's a word for someone here. The fact that you couldn't land on one way or the other, and you lived out the consequences, you're living out the ramifications of not just bad decisions, but sometimes we suffer the consequences of indecision. Why are you here? Because the Holy Spirit is saying, I got this. I'm going to breathe new life into you. Which means you're about to walk and live and thrive like you've never walked and lived and thrived before. I'm breathing new life into you. If you need this word, raise your hands right now. In your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. I love that. Don't stop. Keep moving. While you walk, the doors open. The moment you stop, the doors will stay shut. The doors are closed and will only open when you walk towards the doors. Please stop saying you're waiting for God to open a door. God just sent out a text message saying, I'm waiting for you to stand up and start walking. 
Let me pray this over you right now. Go ahead with your eyes closed. Father, in Jesus' name, on this Mother's Day, we receive this word. The word, the breath of life, the ruach and the pneuma of God. The fact that there is a private encounter that goes before public elevation. Lord, thank you because we made it when others did not, when the Judas didn't make it. When, here we are, we made it to that private encounter. Thank you for enabling us by grace to experience the byproduct of the wounds of Christ, the stripe of Christ, which means the forgiveness and the healing of Christ. We are benefactors, beneficiaries of what took place on the cross. Lord, thank you. Because today we not only inhale, but we are committed to exhaling. We're going to breathe out on our families, on ourselves, on our surroundings. We're going to exhale and breathe out the breath of life, of holiness, of truth, of grace, of peace, of Christ. Lord, we have your breath inside of us. We will exhale for the rest of our lives. We will not die full of promises. We will not die full of hot air. We will live out your purpose and your destiny. We believe it now. And by the way, God forgive us for stopping when we saw the doors close. We repent. From this moment on, we're going to adhere to that exhortation. Don't stop. Keep moving. Because in Jesus' name, these doors have no other choice but to open up in our favor. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody prays like you actually believe what you just prayed.